This episode sponsorship is brought to you by my signature core offer, my one-to-one private mentorship program. Let's build you a roadmap to success. Applications to apply are in the show notes. There are limited spaces available per month, so be sure to get in quick. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is going to be a new segment I'm going to be having on the podcast once a month. So once a month, I'm going to be doing a book club review. Welcome to the Star Slimmer podcast, the show where we empower females through mindset and manifestation. My name is Isabel Prestia and I'm your host. Every Monday, I inspire you with an episode to show you how to attract your dream life. Make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. It's time to start somewhere together. So for some context, for those of you who don't know, I have a book club with my friend Ruby. So we have a community together here in Adelaide. It's so cool. I reckon we have over 100 people in our group now. We do have people from all over the country as well because basically we have a monthly read. So we post this book in our Facebook group, which is free to join, by the way. And then women from all over the country are able to join as well and read the book. So it doesn't matter if you are not based in Adelaide, but essentially, I guess it's a virtual book club. And it's so cool. We started it over 12 months ago. We started it in April and time like what so quickly gone so so fast and I think it's so amazing that we have created this community and it's grown to what it's grown to and when we started it we we purely started it based on we both were craving more connection in our life we both were craving more like-minded women like Ruby and myself in Adelaide. And, you know, we both had a couple friends in business on the side and we thought, let's just bring all these people together. And it just grew and grew. And what we do is once a month, so on the last Friday of every month, we catch up, we go to a cafe, we have brunch, and the book is more so what brings us together. So it's more kind of like the anchor and we discussed the book for like 30 seconds, but it just brings people together and we're able just to have such expansive conversations. And I've just met the most, I've met such incredible women from this group and every single catch up, we meet someone new. So if you are from Adelaide and you've heard me talk about this, or you've seen me post about it and you haven't come before, my love, this is your permission slip. This is your sign to definitely come. Even if you are by yourself, so many women come and they're like, is this the book club? Like they're not too sure. And I love seeing women just be bold and stepping out and doing something for themselves. And it's just so cool because we've both like Ruby and myself, I know I can speak on behalf of her. We've both made such great friendships, great connections from this group and other people as well. And, you know, the support just goes, it's further. And just when we catch up once a month, it's it's this constant support online. It's messaging. It's asking other women in business for help or for advice or just talking to somebody who you know has pretty much been exactly where you want to be. So whether you are a business owner or you're just super interested in self-development, this is the space for you. And the reason I preface and shared all this, by the way, guys, if you do want to join our Facebook group, the link to join I include it in the show notes of all of the podcast episodes. So 
click the Facebook link. We will accept you once you come in and we will, yeah, we post the book once a month. So whether you're in, in Adelaide or not, you'll still be on board with the book. And um, basically we cycle through four different categories. So firstly is money. Second is mindset. Thirdly is relationships. And fourth is business. So we have these categories and then we choose books based on those categories. And I am going to be doing once a month now, I'm going to be recapping what I read, what we read and my lessons and my takeaways from it. Because I know I get quite a few messages from people as well asking what the previous books are. So unless you're in the Facebook group and you are curious, so I'm just going to be sharing what they are here. And that way, if you don't want to read the book, you don't have to. You can get my insights, you can get my knowledge, my learnings in hopefully a 20-minute episode. And it just makes sense for me to do this because I'm such a journaler anyway, and I, I write notes regardless whether I'm going to share it in a podcast or not. And so I don't even know how I got this idea, but I was just journaling from our current book, from the book of March. So this will be up a little bit later. And I was like, I'm going to make a podcast series on this. So I'm freaking excited about this. Our book for March was under the topic of love, so relationships. And it was Jay Shetty's Eight Rules of Love, How to Find It, Keep It, and Let It Go. So I really... So I really enjoyed this book. I We actually have also read Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk. I reckon that was our first read as well. So in what, April last year. Um, so I was listening to a Jay Shetty podcast. I think it was when he had Ed Milet on, or maybe it was on Ed's podcast and Jay was on. But actually, I should think it was, yeah, Ed's podcast and Jay was on it. And first name basis, because, you know, they're like my friends. And he Jay was talking all about his recent book, Eight Rules of Love. And it's been such, it's come into my life. It's such an interesting time. Um, I'm just going to like drop that there. Anyone can kind of piece it together. But how to find love, keep love and let it go. And the the eight lessons that he, well, the eight rules, I guess, they are really, like a lot of them is stuff that I already knew, but I'm really mindful not to be like a know-it-all. And even if I do know concepts, I think it's really beautiful to still read or consume that content, but just look at it in an, in a different lens, in a different way. And I, I truly believe that is how you get more from it. And like, I'm randomly going to share the story. When I was on my Mindspare retreat, so all the manifestation and meditation, and I've been living and breathing these things for, you know, five, six years. And so a lot of the concepts they shared, I I knew, right? Like nothing was like super groundbreaking. Of course, I learned some new things. But the thing is, the reason I'm sharing this is because I so easily could have been like a know-it-all and be like, oh, I don't need to hear this. Like I'm better. I already know this stuff, like blah, blah, blah. But instead I was like, yeah, I know this stuff. But like, how else can I get something? Like, how can I find more meaning or deeper meaning or get a new insight or explore a new way of doing manifesting and meditating? And like that trip just completely changed the game for me when it comes to manifesting. And I honestly ask for something and it comes like straight away. So I want you to always approach things with an open mind. Like let this be your permission slip as well. If if you're hearing or listening to something that you do think you know a lot of, like first of all, that's fucking cool. You know a lot about that topic. And secondly, just sit back with an open mind because being a student to life is so much better than being a know-it-all. And it's so true. People who always feel the need to talk and they don't shut up and they're always trying to get their point across when you are, obviously not on a podcast, when you are in a social setting and they're just always needing to lead the conversation 
there is so much more power in not being that person and just sitting back and observing. Yeah, observing what they're saying, but just observing how you hold yourself and what you're picking up on and the questions or the mind, the questions that run through your mind. I just think it's really powerful to shut up and to not always need to, yeah, like talk all the time and like just allow people to share with, like share things with you because more often than not, I find, I I do know I'm quite a great listener when it comes to being around my friends. Of course, like I talk as well. Like I've got a fucking podcast. But the thing is, by being a listener and by not always needing to ask the questions as well, more times than not, if you can just give that person a little bit of space, a little bit of time, they are most likely going to answer your question without you even needing to ask it. And I think that shows you know, quite a few things. It's like that person clearly feels that safe space around you. And so they're able to do that. And I'm going on a full tangent here, but just talk less is my advice because I think it 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 gives you more power as, as a woman, as a human being. And I don't mean this as in like, you can't have a voice. I mean it in like observing and taking note of things and you you just notice so much more. And whether that is about you know, the person, the people you're with, the situation at hand, or it's about yourself. It's about how you can hold things and handle things. And so anyway, we're on a full tangent mode. Let's, let's, let's wind it back. Let's wind it back. So I'm going to be recapping my insights from Jay Shetty's book, The Eight Rules of Love. So I'm going to actually break this up into his eight chapters. So what my main takeaways were from the chapters. So I'll, I'll share like what each lesson was and then my meaning of them. And yeah, I feel like, as I shared before, this book is coming to my life at a very interesting time. So divine timing is always at play without a doubt. And it's been a really beautiful tool for me to keep love and to keep it around and to discover it more and to approach it with a different lens and a different mind. And it's beautiful. I'm here for it. So I'm feeling all the good feels. So let's jump into this. Number one, rule number one was all about solitude and more so letting yourself be alone. Now, if I'm not the biggest advocate for this, then you haven't stuck around to enough episodes to know that that is what I'm all about. My love, I think solitude time is so powerful. And this ultimately is self-love. And I I say this a lot. I think self-love is the best accessory you could wear. Self-love can mean so many things to different people. To me, a big part of it is confidence. Confidence is the best accessory any woman can wear, right? And that can be that confidence too. You know, a lot of the times, I'm coming back to my example of talking so much, maybe we're doing that out of insecurity or maybe we're doing that out of needing to prove something or to be a know-it-all or to like whatever it may be. But do you notice that woman in the room or in the space or wherever you are and she can hold herself and she's almost has this like alluring mystery sense to her and I guarantee you she is a confident confident person so self-love how comfortable are you with your alone time are you somebody who even if you are alone you still need to fill the void scroll social media consume content watch Netflix whatever it may be Are you able to go for a walk by yourself without your AirPods, without listening to a podcast? No shame if you're listening to me right now on a walk. 
But are you able to do that? Are you able to drive with nothing on in the background? And like I'm giving a bit of like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a using stimuli to like override our senses, right? Because I think that is a big part of alone time. Like you're listening to me right now on a podcast. It's like we're kind of hanging out right now. You know, same with listening to music. It's like you're having a good time. You're dancing with whoever's singing the song, watching movies, watching Netflix. Like you're you you're envisioning being in that situation, right? Like you're watching it. It's, it's next to you. So let's peel back alone time in a different lens and really look at it through like the lens of these external, this noise, right? Like I shared a lot about noise in episode 100, by the way, loved recording that episode. I'll link it below as well in the show notes for you guys. So self-love, a huge topic. I'm not going to go into it too much because it is, I, I feel like it's something I chat about a lot, but let's keep rolling because these get juicier. Okay. Rule number two is don't ignore your karma. Now, this was a really, this was a really profound one for me. I really love this whole concept. It was really cool. It was really refreshing for me to read this chapter as well. And ultimately what I got from this is every action causes a reaction. If you choose to be emotionally unavailable, maybe you're avoidant, um, maybe you have a really hard time being vulnerable. Maybe you have a hard time not standing your ground, having strong boundaries, standing in your truth. You know, you, you're a people pleaser. You say yes to things, but in fact, it's not really what you want to be doing. This will attract somebody who will match this energy. So karma is about the mindset. So it's where we make a decision essentially. Okay. So if we want to, you know, you know, that saying it's like to attract love, be love. That's like really broad and fluffy, right? So let's like unpack this a little bit more. If you are single and you want a relationship, but you are somebody who is avoidant. And what I mean by avoidant, if you don't know their anxious and avoidant attachment styles, you know, you run away from conflict. You don't want any drama or negativity, which I mean, we don't like no one wants that, right? But in a way where you don't stand your ground, or maybe you do encounter some conflict and your automatic response is just to retrieve and like run away and be like, no, I'm not dealing with this. You're not, you don't want to work through it and figure out the lessons and the growth and why you did that and why they did that. And, you know, the uncomfortableness, like that's not fun to do, right? Like I love self-growth, but like heading on conflict front on and having those icky conversations, like fuck that. That is not a fun time. Like that is not a vibe, but that is the power because having those uncomfortable conversations is what is going to do so many things. Firstly, show how strong the connection is, the test of time, how strong and powerful you can be. And so the reason I'm sharing this is because if you are somebody who doesn't want to deal with that and you're single and you're attracting people that aren't staying in your life and they're, you know, that's like a bit of a flimsy connection or whatever it may be, it's just not what you want, right? What are you doing in your life? What is your mindset? What is a habit or an action or something that is causing that to come in, that is reflecting that? And it's not to say that you're to blame and it's all your fault. That's not the point of this. The point is, like, this is an example of what shadow work is like, looking at yourself and being like, okay, how is this me? How am I doing this? How am I attracting somebody who can't commit, but I want commitment? Like what, what role am I playing in this? 
So coming back to how he titles the rule, don't ignore your karma. And of course, polarity, right? We'll flip this in a positive light. If you ask somebody who coming back, we'll use the first rule as well, like we'll piggyback on here. You have this like awesome self-love, okay? Now we're looking at karma in a positive lens. You are being this great human being. You're caring for yourself, for your friends. You are love. You are willing to work through things. You are willing to be vulnerable, but you don't have the love or the relationship or the connection that you want yet. Keep on chugging along, my love. Not the sexiest answer I know. Good things take time. Okay. I repeat this to myself constantly. And it's what helps you find the silver lining. It's what helps you find strength and growth and power. And it's what helps you, yeah, like find the positives in a maybe not so positive situation. And, you know, as I'm recording this, I've been single for over three years. And I remember as soon as I left my ex-partner and I just, I just remember this moment so clearly. It was like the end of 2019 and I was going for a walk and I was just reflecting on everything. And I said to myself, and I guess the universe, that I am so willing to wait for the quote unquote right person as long as it takes. Like I'm not, I'm not here for these, you know, six month relationships or a year relationship that's just going to end because it's not aligned. And I'm not going to settle just because I'm bored or lonely. Like I, that isn't even in my forecast for life. And I affirmed that. And I knew that. And I knew in my heart and in my soul that I would be single for three to four years. Like I, I knew that I just had this feeling and it served me so much. It's been the best, the best three to four years. Like the lessons I've learned from writing solo have been second to none. And I know it's exactly what my older version self would have wanted. Like I would have hated to be 80 and to be like, oh, I wish I had a single stint when I was younger and got to explore and be and do and blah, blah, blah. So like, I'm glad I've done that. And I'm very excited to be moving into more like stable waters and have that like have that person around me and have that sense of security and good things take time. And for anybody who is can relate to the story and can see themselves in any part of that journey or that experience I just shared, just don't ever settle. Don't settle because don't settle because you're bored or because you're lonely because it's what you think you should be doing right like wait for it it's so much more powerful it's gonna feel icky but that's what makes it more powerful because when you can push through that resistance what you're going to learn on the other side I I said this in the last episode as well what you're going to learn is something that you can't read in Jay Shetty's book eight rules of love or you can't hear me recite on a podcast or listen to it in another podcast or read in another book it's that messy action it's that dedication to yourself Like that is where the magic lies and there's two sides of karma. So just continue to be a good person, even, even when you don't get the results you want. Your karma is compounding, right? The past two years for me have been the whirlwind of all whirlwinds, okay? We've all gone through different, our own versions of whirlwinds. And there's been so many tests and so many challenges and I'm, 
it's like I wasn't fully present to really acknowledge all of that because now that I've just come into such a beautiful soft era of my life, I'm calling it that, I'm making this big romantic big deal because it's what we do here. I'm able to really reflect and look back on and be like, how did I do that? How did I get through that? How did I, how did I shift from that version of myself to this version of myself? Like, how did I tolerate that? How did I put up with that person? How did I do all of those things? Because it was something that I didn't think I would endure that I would go through. And it's something that I don't want to go through again because it wasn't soft. It wasn't this beautiful, delicate, gentle, expansive. No, it was definitely expansive. It wasn't this beautiful, soft, gentle approach to life and to living. It was, it was hard. It was challenging. It was brutal. It was, it was lonely. It was dark. And it was just something I don't want to experience again. Okay. But it's something I went through. And like the reason I'm sharing this is because whatever time you are in right now, like we operate in seasons as human beings. I'm creating this new kind of like method for us to follow this new framework. Okay. So as we do with the weather, we as human beings are the same. And I think this is just such a beautiful, comforting mind shift that we can always, always affirm to ourselves. If you are in a really shitty, confusing, dark, gloomy, uncomfortable period of your life, I've got some fantastic news for you. And that is, it is not going to last forever. As, as if you are in a beautiful, fun, joyful, expansive, positive as fuck time, that is also not going to last forever. Okay. I'm not being a Debbie Downer here. I am extremely optimistic. I'm an extremely optimistic person. But it's important to bring a bit of realisticness, is that a word, to our life. And I think by affirming ourselves off this, it makes us firstly get through the shitty times, knowing that it's not going to last forever. And secondly, it makes us just savor and appreciate the great times so much better. So random tangent, yet again, Clearly was meant to be said. I know this was supposed to be shared for a specific person out there. If this is for you, I really hope that hit home and you got some insights from that. Rule number three is all about compatibility. So we're moving past the solitude, the self-love, the self-growth, the, the soloness, right? Now we're moving into compatibility. And this is where a lot of people encounter challenges. This is when we start to encounter challenges. Actually, we're always encountering challenges, right? And he defines this rule as define love before you think it, feel it, or say it. I think this is really cool, this one. And what I got from this is even cooler, I think, for me, which I'm sure will resonate with you as well listening to this podcast, is trust is everything trust is everything okay it's commitment to more than the challenges it's commitment to being vulnerable it's commitment to having difficult conversations it's committing to yourself of course as well trust in that I think like self-trust I mean has been a huge theme forever in my life and more so especially recently I think self-trust is and I'm going to start to implement and I, I want you guys to do this as well. 
it's like the best strategy we can use for life, right? Because there's no, yet again, right or wrong answer. This was a huge theme of last week's episode. There's no right or wrong answer. It's more so if you take one decision, you not taking the other decision isn't a missed opportunity because you chose to take that certain decision, right? So you can never make a mistake in life and be like, oh, I regret this. I should have done this. I should have done that. Because at that point in time, it's exactly what your soul, your body, your mind did, right? It was meant to happen. Like whether you believe in our life is mapped out for us or not, you're a co-creator, whatever it is, just make so much peace that even if you don't think it was the quote unquote right decision to make, it was still the decision that was made and let's just ride with that. And that comes back to trust, trusting that you are doing all that you should be doing, that you are exactly where you need to be at this very moment in time, that you aren't too far behind, you aren't too far ahead, you aren't missing out on all of these things. You shouldn't be somewhere else. Like you should be right where you are right now with this right money in your bank account, the friends around you, the roof above your head, the clothes on your body. That's exactly where and what you should be doing. And as soon as we can anchor into that, we're showing the universe that there's this level of trust around us, that we trust ourselves, we trust the universe. And when we can come into this state of trust, we're able to come into the state of gratitude and the state of recognition. And the more we can anchor in and drop into this emotion, into this feeling, is how we can start to manifest our reality, right? We're not going to manifest out of being in lack and being like, oh my gosh, I should be here. I should have way more money. Oh my God, like, I don't know if I should be with this person anymore or this friend and just like blah, 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 blah. You cannot change your life when we are entertaining and playing and dancing around in these thoughts, it's not going to happen. So instead, peel back. Whatever you're doing right now, actually, whether you're standing, walking, sitting in the car, driving, just like pull your shoulders back, allow your jaw to unclench, relax your forehead, just like relax everything in your body. Allow your arms to become heavy, whether they're driving the steering wheel or holding your dog's lead or whatever it is they're doing. Just take a deep breath in and out. And just let's just chill for a moment and trust that you are in the exact perfect position. The quickest way I manifested something not too long ago I really had to affirm that my life was perfect as it was and I didn't think it was. I thought I had to be somewhere else and be somebody else and be with certain people and I just didn't think I was far enough ahead in life and it got to me. And it wasn't until I was on a walk with one of my best friends and I was telling her this. She's like, Belle, you need to recognize, you need to realize that your life is perfect right now. Whether you believe it or not, that's a whole nother story. But our beliefs are based from our thoughts. So we can essentially tell ourselves a new belief, okay? And a huge part of manifesting is this piece of being delusional, but not in like a crazy way. Bear with me here. She's like, you need to affirm that your life is perfect. 
And it felt so, so icky and uncomfortable for me to say that because I kind of had told myself the word perfect shouldn't be used because nothing's perfect, right? But I had to tell myself that my life was perfect right now, just as it is. And so I started to repeat this to myself and it felt icky. It felt wrong. I didn't believe it, but I kept going. So it's repetition. Same with habits. It's repetition. We are training our brain. We are showing new ways to think and to be. And by doing this, we start to create shifts. We start to make shifts in our life. We start to change our physical reality from a thought in our mind. Like, can we just like recognize that for a second? So I was like, okay, I'll do what I do best. I'll manifest. Cute little rhyme. And so I would do this. I would affirm to myself, my life is perfect. My life is perfect. And it felt icky. It felt wrong. I felt like a fraud. I felt stupid. I was judging it. I was doing all the things. Trust me. I was doing all the things. And this was like three months ago, guys. And then things started to shift after about two days. You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen for you, but when you get to a really powerful part in your manifesting journey I'm going to say things happened things happened just like that and something that I had been longing for for three to four years came into my life and I know some of the listeners will be piecing this together so (laughs) if you have DM me I would love to know if you need a hint it's like think of the topic of this podcast and like the three to four year little time frame. Anyway, giving too much away here. But self-trust is on pair with how powerful self-confidence is. And just knowing that you're not making a wrong decision and you choosing to do something or to say something or to be a certain version of yourself isn't wrong. And you're not in fact missing out on something else. You are in the exact moment you need to be in. You have the exact right people around you at all times. Whether friends come and go, some are closer, some are distant, whoever is around you right now is meant to be there, okay? And nurture those connections is like a huge, huge message I've been receiving so much. Connection is like one of my top two values, right? And so when we can nurture these connections and have these vulnerable conversations, these difficult conversations, actually it was interesting. February was like a big month of me for that and two very close people in my life, I had two very difficult conversations with and you know my inner avoidance wanted to be like I don't want to do this but I did we did and what we got what the outcome was from those conversations is something you can't read in in a book or listen to on a podcast it's experiencing it um, and showing the test of that connection and like I think that is the most beautiful thing when you can have these these human beings in your life that that stick by you when times get tough and you're able to look past differences and different viewpoints and yeah, you have different opinions and different ways of thinking and being, but there's still that, that care there and that nurture there. And I just think I really want you to nurture a connection today. Think of somebody in your life. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's a friend who's become a bit distant and you miss them. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's a work colleague. Maybe it's a stranger on the street right? I want you to create some kind of 
what is an act of nurturing you can do? If it is a stranger, maybe it's giving them a warm smile. Like how good does it feel when a stranger smiles at us? You're like, fuck yes. Like there's love in the air right now, right? But maybe look at a connection closer to you. That friend that's gone distant, maybe the best friend that you talk to every single second of your day. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you are in your communication, but just somebody that you care for. Just reach out, let them know you miss them. Let them know you want to talk, even if it's just to say, hey, I just think connection is, a, it's a power. It's a superpower. It's kind of like a, um, it helps us get further in life. You know, if you want to go far, go alone. But if you want to go fast, go together. And like, imagine both of those things together, going fast and far, getting to where it is you want to be in such a beautiful approach with the right people around you. Like imagine getting to where you want to be in life, having all this money and whatever it is that you want, right? We'll use money as an example. But you have no fucking friends around you. You've got no family around you. Like what is the point of that? And like you're probably thinking, oh, but I would have the money and I can do the things. Like I guarantee you that will wear off in a moment, right? Like the high of making so much money, like that does not last forever. But having people around you to celebrate that with, like that is powerful. I remember when I had a really big week in my business last year and I got a glass of wine with a close friend of mine and like that mattered so much more to me that I was able to celebrate that with somebody, you know, like I don't want to just be making like hundreds of thousands of dollars and like having no one to share that with, like that's not fun to me, right? So I think anchoring in with self-trust, like what does that look like for you? Wow, guys, we are getting deep today. I'm kind of here for it. Really, really here for it. Before we continue, first a word from this episode's current sponsor, calling all my women who are emerging creatives, teachers, leaders, and trailblazers who want to manifest more abundance. Do you often feel scarce in your money and abundance mindset? lack momentum, like there are way too many limiting beliefs and have low self-trust to take the next steps towards your dreams. Or perhaps you're time poor. There's never enough hours in the day to allocate it on the things you would love to be doing instead, whether that's starting or working on your business or living in more alignment. I used to be there too, which is why my one-to-one private mentorship may be the ultimate solution for you. Get clear why there is a lack of self-belief and instead get into alignment with your higher self so that way you can attract more money and abundance and create inspired action on what your next moves are. Feel motivated again, no matter how unsure you feel right now. Let's build you a roadmap to success. Applications to apply are in the show notes. There are limited spaces available per month, so be sure to get in quick. Rule number four, I love this one so much as well. Your partner is your guru. So I feel that you are always writing your own story, right? So when you meet someone, you essentially, it's like you begin to write a story together. And I hear so much, and I'm sure those in relationships or maybe you're single, but you've been in one before, you can you can reflect and you can relate and you can remember how much of a lesson that partner is to you. You know, maybe they're bringing up triggers. They're showing sides of you that you haven't met before. Maybe you have, but you've pushed it down, but they're coming back up to the surface. 
This is because your partner, I believe, and clearly Jay Shetty believes as well, it makes so much sense. Like they are your biggest life lesson. They are going to teach you things about yourself that you maybe could not have seen on the surface because they're going to see you for who you are at your soul when we are talking on, you know, a really cool soulmate kind of spec here. I mean, even not that, like I've dated people before and it's it's brought up so much within me. And it's not like they've like actually sat down and said this, this, and this, but I've learned about myself from being in that connection, right? So I think really anchoring in and like your partner is is such a lesson, is such a teacher to you. And it's it's not in the sense where one is a teacher and one is a student. You're both gurus to each other. And I love the term guru. It's essentially like, I am not above you. Like I don't have more authority than you because I'm teaching you these things and you're not less than me because you're the student. It's this beautiful, harmonious 50-50 balance. And I definitely consider myself to be this, to be this guru, to be this guru character because in my coaching sessions, for example, I learned so much about myself from my clients. And yeah, they're not Maybe it's not something that is like figuratively said, but it's something that maybe has come up and then I've learned a completely different lesson, but just from being in that connection, from being in that experience. So I think it's the same. It's like, I don't look at my clients as less than, and I don't want to be more of higher than in that way. Like I've got different levels of expertise. Yes, but I know I attract such, I attract just such transformative women who create the biggest shifts in their life whatever that big shift means to them in terms of like the measurement. But I learned so much, just as much as they learn, right? And like whether you have been a client of mine and you're listening to the podcast still or you've thought about working with myself before or maybe you've just had another mentor before in the past, just know like we'll just hope anyway if it's been somebody else that that mentor, that coach is learning from you as well because I think that's the beautiful piece of this guru, of this harmonious balance. And it's like coming back to what I shared at the start, actually, you know, always feeling the need to talk and to share and to be like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's so much power in listening. And so when I'm listening to my clients and I'm holding that space, like I'm learning so much as well. So if you have been a client of mine and you're listening, first of all, big love to you. Second of all, just know I learned so much from my sessions. It's pretty cool. Okay, lesson number five is, this makes so much sense, is your purpose comes first, right? So what I got from this is really important. Both of you, you and your partner, you're on a quest to find your purpose, right? It's so important, I believe anyway, to put yourself first. And I can't find it in the book now, but I remember he listed, he gave an example of Jay Shetty gave an example of this couple where I think the wife, she ordered, she had a list of three things in terms of important. The top of her list, she put herself. The second on her list, she put her purpose. And the third on her list, she put her partner. And I am all for that ordering as well. In fact, that's probably exactly how I would rank it. But I reckon that would be a really interesting observation for other people where they would think, no, your partner needs to be number one in your life. I'm like, no, 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 no. You are your number one first. Your purpose is just as important as who you are. And then once, think about it, 
putting yourself first, you're filling yourself up, you're filling your cup up, you're doing these things that make you the best version of yourself. Okay, like that is number one at all times, I think anyway. Absolutely number one. Number two, your purpose. What brings you joy, your passions, whether it is something that you've turned into a business or whether it's a hobby on the side, it doesn't matter. But something that just brings you so much fulfillment. Do not lose sight of these things when you are in relationships. It makes you, you, okay? And then I think it makes so much sense for your partner to come in then because you are your own person with your own life and so is your partner. You know, obviously it depends what type of relationship you're in, of course, and I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole here on this topic, but I don't know about you guys, but I find it really attractive when somebody has their purpose or they have something they're so passionate about and they spend time on that and that's how they spend their spare time or their free time or whatever it is that they're doing I think that is really fucking attractive right and so it makes sense to put those needs your needs first filling your cup up finding those things that you adore to do nurturing them and then that way you are feeling and you are being your best self You're not somebody who is like super dependent and if your partner's busy, you don't know what to do with yourself and you're just waiting for them to be free. It's like instead you have this time to, you know, do something that you love that brings you so much joy. So it's so important to anchor in on your purpose, to find out what that purpose is, right? And to let that just, to let that be a huge, huge top priority in your life before your relationship. Don't come at me. That's just my thoughts. Lesson number six. So now we're in the healing section. Lesson number six, he calls it win or lose together. And this was really refreshing to read yet again. And what I got from this was putting your ego to the side is a healthy and responsible way to be. So if you're arguing with your partner and maybe one has their ego involved more than the other, or maybe you both do, and one wins and one loses, right? Say, for example, you win and your partner loses in an argument. Your partner's upset. Like they're probably not feeling their best self. And you guys are a team, right? So it's essentially like a loss for you, even though you technically won. And the thing is, it's so important to recognize ego. I think this is why, you know, self-awareness, consciousness is so important when it comes to relationships. And, you know, it's been a huge part of my journey. I know I've become so self-aware, like so fucking self-aware. I have such a high level of consciousness. Like I know I do. And so it makes sense that I attract somebody who matches that. And it's just really interesting having, you know, a disagreement or an uncomfortable conversation and you're able to leave your ego at the fucking door, you know, and not allow it to come in and to tear them down or thinking that you need to come out on top to prove a point. Why do you need to prove a point in a relationship? Why do you need to show off to your partner? Like just sit with that for a moment and question that. Just ponder it and approach it with curiosity and compassion is always my my motto. But just know that winning or losing, if your partner loses and you win an argument, you're both still lost, right? Like you want it to be a win-win situation. And if for some reason where, you know, context obviously deciphers all of this, there is a win-lose situation, just be like, how can we move past this? How can we turn this loss into a win eventually, right? Like it's, you're a team. It's working together. Rule number seven 
is you don't break in a breakup. And what I got from this is breakups don't need to involve a breakdown, right? So essentially when it comes to breaking up, you're essentially, essentially faced with two decisions. A, you work through it or B, you decide to detach and separate. So using your discernment, leaving your ego out the door as the previous lesson shared. It's firstly important to not stay with someone, to not stay with someone for the history that you share. So if they no longer align with your future, but there is so much extensive history and this and that, like you don't need to stay with them just for the history. I'm just saying if they don't align with who you are growing into and who you have become and the type of you know, life and reality you want to create for yourself, it's going to feel uncomfortable to let them go, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. But just know going through a breakup, it doesn't have to be the worst experience of your life. Like it doesn't have to be that, right? And when we can do it in in an authentic way and we're not, we're able, like, you know, we realize maybe this person isn't good for me. Oh, I'm just going to stay. It's easier, you know, like whatever. And then maybe, you know, you start to notice somebody else or you start to get distracted or you don't decide to do the things that are good for you anymore, right? And then it involves in this like gross, icky breakdown when instead, if we can like build this level of self-awareness and self-confidence and self-trust and self-love, right? And we have our purpose at the front of our mind. We, we work, or we're working towards finding our purpose. I know we don't all know that, right? And then we do encounter like, actually, I don't know if this is it for me anymore. And like, that's not a fun time. Like I know, like I'm not taking that lightly. That is not a fun realization. However, by you really anchoring in and being like, using your discernment and being like, do I want to work through this? Or I know it's not right. I need to detach. And whichever one you decide, if you do choose the detaching side, like it's fucking hard. Like I know that. I'm not sugarcoating that at all. But just know by you acting on that in an authentic way is so, is just way beneficial than if you choose to push it down. And it comes up in three months and you push it down. And it comes up in six months and you push it down. And before you know it, it's a year, two years down the track and you're resenting so much in your situation because you weren't acting on your first instinct. So using your discernment, going through a breakup does not involve having to have a breakdown. Of course, it's not going to be a fun time, right? But it doesn't have to be the end of the world. Like it doesn't have to be. It's it's your thoughts. It's your decisions. It's your perception. It's your actions. It's your behavior. That is going to decipher how much of a breakdown that breakup is going to be. So I'm going to leave that there. And rule number eight, we're going to leave it on a high. He calls it love again and again. And what I got from this is love for yourself first, right? Give that love to yourself first. And if and when you do go through a breakup and you think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to meet somebody again. I'm going to be alone forever. We've all felt that. I felt that. Trust me, it's not going to be the reality. Having the courage to love again, to trust again, to put yourself back out there again, that courage is something that should never be taken lightly because that courage is powerful 
that courage is something that is something a lot of people struggle with. But knowing that it's going to be okay again, and let's apply this to friendships as well. It's going to happen again. You're going to find your group of friends again. You're going to find that friend again if you've drifted from people, whatever it may be. Same with romantic love. Maybe you've been single for a few years. That's okay. You're going to find love again. And it's so important to open yourself up to this. And if you are in a season where you don't want to open yourself up to it and you're like, I can do anything worse than dating and this and that, cool. That's fine. Let's put a pin in it. Focus on yourself. Do your thing. That is going to serve you so much. That was me for like three to four years. That is going to serve you in such a way. Like I love that season so much. But blocking yourself from loving again is not the way to be, right? Like think about human beings. We are essentially designed to have this connection, to find this this counterpart, to create this life together. And it is not always going to be a walk in the park. It's not always going to be easy. But wouldn't you rather have that amazing special somebody to do all this with and to have that guru and to learn and to trust and to explore and to have that person by your side opposed to being like, no, I'm too scared to trust again. I've been heartbroken again. It's not worth it. I'd rather just be by myself. Like that gets boring, right? But if it's not your season, it's not your season. But just don't let the fear stop you from having something really incredibly wonderful. If your past experience hasn't been that, I'm that like that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't take that lightly. Let again, like that fucking sucks. We're not disregarding that at all. But we're going, we're rising. We're coming out on top, right? We can only go up. You're not going to go backwards. You're not going to repeat the patterns. You're not going to have the same thing happen again. We're going to move forward. And so just know it takes so much courage to love yourself again and again, to love again and again. And, and these are all my takeaways from the eight rules of love. So we'll recap them. Number one, let yourself be alone. Rule number two, don't ignore your karma. Rule number three, define love before you think it, feel it, or say it. Number four, your partner is your guru. Rule number five, your purpose comes first. Rule number six, you win or lose together. Rule number seven, you don't break in a breakup. And lucky last, rule number eight, love again and again. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast, guys. I'm so excited to be recording these monthly book club recaps for you. It's so fun to me, I mean, firstly, to read the books and to write notes. And secondly, to just relay all this information with you guys. It's That sounds so incredibly dorky and lame, but that's who I am and that's what I love. So I hope you enjoyed and this way you can bypass time and not read the book. But yeah, link to join our free Facebook community in the show notes of this podcast. And as always, guys, I will love you and leave you and chat with you in our next episode, which by the way, goes live every single Monday. And that's all from me in this episode. Here are three ways you can contribute to Start Somewhere. Number one, leave us a five-star rating and review on either the Spotify and Apple podcast or both. Screenshot this episode and share it to your Instagram stories, tagging me at Isabel Prestia. That's I-S-A-B-E-L-L-E-P-R-E-S-T-I-A. And lastly, copy this episode URL and send it to a friend who you think will find value from our conversation. Thank you for starting somewhere.